0: Dylan Moore and Sam Haggerty provided a spark off the bench for the Mariners in 2022, filling out several roles and helping in key moments as injuries depleted Seattle's offense. We're going to look back on their seasons and also talk about two free agents Colby believes are flying under the radar for Mariner fans here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, November 1st, 2022. This is Tideon Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. On the show today, we'll be reviewing the 2022 seasons of Dylan Moore and Sam Haggerty. And at the end of the show, Colby will tell us two free agents he believes Mariners fans are overlooking, but Colby, let's start here. There were 14 players this season, uh, 14 hitters rather, that played in fewer than 110 games and accumulated at least two F4. Byron Buxton, Travis Darno, Lars Newtbar, Danny Jansen, Jazz Chisholm, Trace Thompson, weird, William Contreras, Trevor Story, Bryce Harper, Jake McCarthy, Matt Carpenter, Luis Robert, and Tim Anderson, and... Dylan Moore Colby you are the resident Dylan Moore hater what do you have to say in response to that
1: I can't believe that you're seriously suggesting that Dylan Moore is a better player than Bryce Harper and Tim Anderson or even Mm -hmm. in that same range that's Um, exactly what I'm saying yes yes so see somehow I'm the Dylan Moore hater for saying he's not as good as Bryce Harper and Tim Anderson and Todd just gets to skate through life lying to you guys trying to insinuate that they're roughly in the same class so yeah, it's an interesting little uh, tidbit there. Um, you can do a lot of fun things with stats.
0: Um, like now, to, to to be fair, to be fair, Bryce Harper was worth 03 f four more than Dylan Moore this season, while playing in five fewer games <clears throat> so than what, Dylan Moore. What
1: Ty is saying is is that he would not trade Dylan Moore for Bryce Harper.
0: I'm just saying both strategy that you know maybe the Phillies would have to throw something in. You know, mm. to sweeten the deal for the Mariners. Hey,
1: why why did Bryce Harper only play, why did Bryce Harper play in so few games? Is it because he's kind of a bad player like Dylan Moore, mm. or was there another reason? Maybe mm. 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 I don't know. It's hard mm. to say. But you know, what's interesting about this. I was set to say something pretty shocking about Dylan Moore, and then oh, here you are. You said to try and
0: uh, paint me into a corner. So now maybe I don't. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. Say it, say it, say it. The people want it. The people want it. Come on. Come on. Wow. Maybe it'll come up organically. I don't know. Hmm All right, so let's talk about uh, Moore's season here the Mariners sorely lacked athleticism overall across their roster Moore was one of the few players that was actually able to provide some Uh, he ends up stealing 21 bases after stealing 21 paces back in 2021 overall he slashes 224 368 385 with a 126 WRC plus like I said he was worth 2.1 F4 he struck out 29.4% of the time which was the exact same K rate that he ran last year in 126 games he did walk 13.3 percent of the time though the uh the power wasn't as uh, prevalent this year uh he actually hit a career low in home runs with six and uh ran a career low um in uh slugging percentage or no 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 second uh, lowest slugging percentage in his career he ran a 334 clip uh last season but Overall, uh, two point one f four is uh pretty good to get off of a off of your bench, and of course Moore had to start uh fairly regularly at times during the season because of injuries. But overall, came through in some pretty big moments for this team when it needed the depth, uh, and he was able to provide that and bounce back from a pretty rough twenty twenty one. So overall, what did you see out of Dylan Moore this year? Just a
1: dude. Um, he's a uh, He's a perfectly adequate 26 man on your roster. Uh, I think the Mariners should try to do a little bit better, but I don't think they will. Uh, And there's a role for Dylan Moore if you use him properly. You shouldn't be giving him any at-bats against right-handed pitching um, because you should have better options than Dylan Moore. But, you know, occasionally he's going to have to go on for a guy who, you know, you know, jammed his thumb or <clears throat> slept wrong and has a neck cramp or whatever, and he's going to have to get those starts. But uh, he's he's a valuable player because he can play multiple positions pretty well. He can steal a base if you need him to, uh, and he's, he continually hits uh, left-handed pitching pretty well. Uh, there's power there. There's certainly bat speed. Um, if Dylan Moore had a better swing, we could maybe talk about him being more than just kind of a platoon guy. That would be a ceiling, but his swing is so bad not conducive to contact, that the bat speed really kind of gets zapped. Uh, Fortunately, he still walks quite a bit. Um, That's always been part of his game. He can draw a walk. Um, He can hit a home run. He can steal a base. uh, He can play defense. um, I would say about an an average clip pretty much across the board. Uh, Probably a little below average at shortstop, but good enough. Uh, So, yeah, he's he's a valuable player. Um, He's not a guy that you want to play every single day. If Dylan Moore is getting, you know, 400 plate appearances, something probably didn't go well for you. Uh, but he's a guy that if you can keep him between 250 and 350, somewhere in there, mostly against left-handed pitching, use him off the bench as a late-game replacement, uh, there's value. And, you know, pretty good teams have, I would say, better versions of Dylan Moore, but Dylan Moore is good enough that you can, uh, you know, you can you can roll with him uh, in, in the role basically he had this year, more or less. Uh, it, it's it's a pretty good role for him, and I think the Mariners pick their spots uh, very well with Dylan Moore because with a swing like that, he should not be generating a 126 WRC plus or whatever it is. He just shouldn't. Like, go find me one person who likes Dylan Moore's swing who knows anything about you know swing mechanics. You can't. That person doesn't exist. So the Mariners did a really good job of picking their spots on when to mm-hmm. use them, and and they seem to have a good grasp on that. And so, yeah, I mean, why not? He he should be a Fairly safe member of the opening day roster next year. Um, yeah. Barring some kind of like insane offseason where the Mariners add like six, six new bats, Um uh, Dylan Moore is going to be on the opening day roster next year.
0: Yeah, uh, let's dive into the splits here a little bit because he was really, really good against lefties this year. 247, 393, 402 with a 137 WRC+. Did strike out uh, 29.5% of the time but did also walk 15.6% of the time against lefties. Uh, against righties, it's not as bad as you would think but it, it's a lot of singles. You know, he, he hit 204, 344, 370 with a 117 WRC+. Walked 11.3% of the time. That's pretty solid but struck out 29.3% of the time, so that's not very solid. Um, I want to get into, because I actually haven't looked into this, but I want to get into his inside zone um, swing rate. Um, and, yeah, it was about the same as it was last year. You know, we talked about this. He He's not very aggressive on pitches inside the zone, especially early on in counts. Last year ran a 62.8% zone swing rate. Uh, and then, uh, this year, just a 62.3%, uh, zone swing rate, which is, uh, below average. Uh, and so, you know, and, and we talked about this last year when either we were previewing him or reviewing his 2021, what, whatever it was that he was finding himself in disadvantageous counts because of that, because he was taking pitches early on and he was finding himself in a lot of O twos, one twos, um, and I feel like that continued this year. Uh, is that is I, that lining up as well for you? Yeah, I think part of the reason he takes so many
1: pitches uh, inside the strike zone is that he's very aware of the limitations of his swing. There are certain pitches he just can't cover. Um, that's evident by the 29% strikeout rate. Like There's just pitches that he can't handle. And so I think Dylan Moore is a smart enough player to understand that if I swing at that pitch – it's probably an out. Whereas if I don't swing at it, there's a chance that it's ball one or ball two, right? It, 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 there's my odds go like my odds. If I swing at that pitch are very low. So why I might as well take it and wait and see if I can get a pitch later that I can actually handle. Like, I, I think part of that, it comes from the awareness that, you know, I can't cover large portions of the plate. So until I get to two strikes, why would I even try? Like I'll just wait and see if something comes in my zone. So. Uh, like I said, is kind of an ambush hitter. Um, he's a guy who would just stand up there and stand up there and stand up there. And then you make the one mistake and, and he, he might do some damage on it, but, um, he, he's not a guy who's going to hit, you know, the pit, the fastball in the outside corner, like dotting the outside corner at the knees. He's not a guy who's going to drive that into the right center field gap. He's not that type of hitter. So, uh, I, I think part of that is just knowing his limitations. Um, so I, I don't know. If being more aggressive would actually help him or not? I think it might just lead to even more soft contact. So sure, we'll yeah. see. But maybe more strikeouts, even fewer walks. So mm-hmm. I think it's just a you know, a, it's a unintended or well, I guess it's a very purposeful, purposeful uh, consequence of his of what he knows about his
0: swing hmm Sure. All right. Uh, lastly here, you mentioned the defense. He was uh, 69th percentile on outs above average, 70th percentile on outfielder jump, uh 76th percentile in sprint speed. Uh, Again, for what he gives you defensively and on the base pass, at the very least, he adds some value coming off of the bench. He's mm-hmm. a good twenty six man to have, Uh, yep. 25th, 26th man to have, yep. Uh, as you said.
1: So here, do you want to hear the one nice thing I was going to say about Dylan all right, Moore?
0: All right. All right. Say it. Say it. Say it. All right.
1: We're doing off-season plans on the CTZ show. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to hear our off-season plan and it's pretty in-depth, go uh, go subscribe to our Patreon show. Um, link will be in the description down below. Uh, but in my plan, I have the Mariners signing Dylan Moore to an extension. So, yes, a I want them to buy out the last two years of arbitration and try and buy a free agent year because I think Dylan Moore at $3 million a year Is a really good player to have. Once he starts getting five, six, eight, no. He's not worth that. He's not anywhere close to that. You just roll with Sam Haggerty for the minimum. So uh, the mayor's consigned for like three years, $10 million. Yeah, sure, why not? Um, He's valuable enough that you can swing that, even if he sucks. You can swing that. So, um, yeah, it's something I think they should consider, but... Um, my guess is they'll just roll with it through the two RBS. It's not a high priority thing, but you know you got a little bit of something left over. Yeah, why not?
0: Yeah, Dylan Moore for three million dollars a year, roughly, is a good bet to make to mm-hmm. get a return on your investment. And speaking of bets, let's talk about Bet Online. Great transition. Look at me go. I'm such a professional podcaster. BetOnline.net yeah. is your number one source, as it is making me. Uh, log into my <laughs> Tegna account right now so I can read this ad. So that's fun. Let's uh, vamp real quick. Here we go. Such a now good it's up professional here. podcast. That was wow. so professional. Yeah, that just fell are. That fell apart immediately. It asked me to 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 uh, log in for a code or something, but now I just refresh the page and it's here. Alright, so betonline.net is your number one source for betting on football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. As I said, this is a very professional show, uh, as you could tell by the last couple of minutes there. All right. Sam Haggerty, the one that they call uh, Hamuel L. Swaggerty. Uh, He had a fantastic season and not just for what he did on the field, but the way that he kind of just captured the hearts of Mariners fans all over. But let's get into these numbers for Sam Haggerty, who uh, slashed 256, 335, 403 with a 114 WRC plus. He was worth one and a half F4, uh, five home runs. 23 RBI, 13 steals, 26.4% strikeout rate, 9% walk rate, in 83 games played, 201 played appearances overall. And uh, for the exact same reason that Dylan Moore is valuable, Sam Haraday is as well to this team because of the defense, because of the, the value that he gives you on the base pass. The Mariners again sorely lacked that kind of athleticism, uh, and and Haggerty and Moore were able to provide that. So you know when when Haggerty first came up, he was red hot. He was hitting well over three hundred for a while there. He was a big part of the win streak, uh, the fourteen game win streak before the All Star break. He was massive during that time. Uh, and uh, you know, cooled off a little bit towards the end of the season, but was still able to contribute at least defensively, uh, while the offense kind of regressed. Uh, and unfortunately, did not get to finish the season with the team due to a groin injury. But how do you look at uh, Harry's season overall here, Colby? Uh,
1: it was uh, for you know Sam standards. It was a very good year for him. He showed that he can at least hit left-handed pitching. Um, you know, he's at least has that tool in his bag. Uh, feels like he got better as an outfielder. Um, you know, didn't play much infield. It kind of feels like the Mariners don't view him as as a legitimate option at second base, which I don't know. I think he's, he's at least average over at second, so I don't know why the Mariners don't want to play him there, but they didn't uh, repeatedly. They went to other players at second base instead of Haggerty. So... I just, you know, I I think he had a very good year. Um, I don't think he's, I don't think he proved that he is a, you know, a guy who has to play regularly. I don't think he proved that he's a guy who even has a guaranteed roster spot entering, you know, spring training next year. Uh, He'll get through the season on the 40, man. I'd be really shocked if they, if they DFA'd him Um, because he is a valuable player. He's a very good base dealer, uh, fast, good defender. Uh, Well, pretty good defender in the in the outfield uh and you know he at least showed that he, he can hit left-handed pitching we'll see if that can continue next year but he should have a pretty good shot to make the opening day roster but i wouldn't guarantee it by any stretch and and i really doubt that sam is uh under the impression that he is absolutely going to head into spring training as a, a lock to make the 26-man roster
0: yeah, um, you know, of course. Though Jerry Depoto and Justin Hollander in their end of season press conference uh, were uh, certainly singing the praises of mm-hmm. Sam Haggerty. and and so they they really like him. I, I'm I'm going to assume that he's uh, uh, he's going to be uh, mostly a lock. I don't think he's a for sure lock, but I think he's pretty close.
1: Let's see what they add.
0: Yeah, we'll see what they add. Uh, but because... you talked about the uh, the success against left handed pitching. Well, here you mm-hmm. you finish your thought
1: no 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 i was just i was just going to say um you know because he was so bad offensively in the second half uh well mm-hmm. in the second half of his season um and because he really didn't do much against right-handed pitching which is you know the preferred side if you're a part-time player you want to be good against right-handed pitching and and you already have Dylan Moore who's you know lefty only uh type of bat and so how many of those guys can you carry eh, we'll see but mm-hmm. um there certainly is i would say like if i if I had to place, like, you know, rent money on the on whether or not Haggerty makes the major league uh, roster uh, on March twenty eighth or whenever opening day is, I would probably right now
0: bet that yeah he does. Mm-hmm. So against left handed pitching, as you noted, uh, three sixty four, four forty nine, six fifty two, and sixty six plate appearances. That's an eleven hundred OPS. Uh, two uh, two hundred and eleven. Uh, WRC plus struck out twenty four point one percent of the time against uh, lefties, uh, and twelve point seven percent walk rate against lefties. Uh, against righties, however, one ninety three, two sixty four, two fifty seven. That's a fifty four WRC plus, twenty seven point three percent strikeout rate, six point six percent walk rate. So, do you think that it's just uh, he's just better at uh, from the right side, or is it just he? just can't pick up right-handed pitching. Uh, Because, like, do you entertain the possibility of getting him to just exclusively hit from the right side? Because it just seems like he's useless from the left. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think you
1: give up switch hitting. Um, That pretty much, you know, nerfs his value. I know there's not a ton of value uh, if you're a bad left-handed hitter, but there is still some value uh, because we don't know what right-on-right looks like for Sam Haggerty. And I don't know when the last time Haggerty – you know, took at bats against right-handed pitching as a right hand or as a right-handed hitter. So, uh, it's not something you just kind of flip the switch on and, and be okay right. with. So, uh, but I don't know, when I look at him, it just, the right-handed swing just looks so much better than the left-handed swing. It looks smoother. Uh, there's much more fluidity to it. Now the left-handed swing sometimes kind of looks more like he's, you know, hacking instead of, you know, a, a smooth, uh, clean stroke. So. Um, I just think it's a better swing from the right side. I would assume that's his natural side. Um, it just it looks – it just the swing is so much better. And it, it's conducive to making lots of hard contact. Um, and, you know, it's its where all of his power is from. It's from the right side. So I don't think you give up switch hitting. I think this is more of just you have to pick your spots very carefully with him. Um, and, you know, I, I think you probably don't want him getting more than – 300 plate appearances um, if that even it just, I just don't think he's that type of guy. He's not, he's not an everyday guy and you know, towards the end of the year we were talking about, he should be in the lineup every day. Yeah. Because in, you know, September, I mean, even, even left-handed Sam Haggerty was providing you more than Jesse Winker in left field. So uh, there's definitely times where Haggerty will need to play a lot, but ideally he's he's not he's the guy who comes off the bench and and maybe gets a start or two a
0: week against a left-handed pitcher Mm -hmm. and uh yeah like you said the uh the left-handed swing is just it's a little it's really janky looking it's it's uh hacky like you said Uh, it's kind of a chopping motion more than a fluid straight swing like can't cover the top half of the zone with his left-handed swing yeah so it's just uh you know again like you said um yeah, I more asked this the question about um you know just dropping the left side uh, entirely because I know that's probably going through a lot of people's heads when they see those splits but it's not it's not an easy thing like you said. It's it's not an easy thing to just drop that and again, we don't know what right on right looks for uh, looks like for him. But as you said too, you know, the fluid swing, I mean, it, it. you feel like you might have a decent chance to hit right-handed pitching with that, <coughs> at least maybe a better chance from the left side, but that's entirely up to Sam and what Sam wants to do. And, hey, maybe he can work on his swing from the left side this offseason and, and maybe, you know, come back in uh, spring training with uh, kind of a reinvented uh, setup there on the left side, but we'll see. All right, so uh, let's switch gears here. Let's move on to the offseason. Uh, Colby, you messaged me uh, a couple hours ago saying, I, I got a couple of, uh, free agent targets, uh, for the Mariners that I think Mariners fans are overlooking that are flying under the radar for Mariners fans. So let's get into that. Who, who are you talking about?
1: All right. So we have one guy that we've talked about off and on you know, for the last two years or so dating back to even before our, our days at at Locked On. And we have a guy who we talked a lot about last offseason, who's a free agent again this year. Which one do you want first?
0: Mm, I don't know. Uh let's go with the uh the latter. Let's go with the latter.
1: All right. Which one did I say last? No. What, <laughs> um, was, was the one yeah.
0: that was uh we talked about a lot yeah, last
1: yeah, year. Yeah. It's uh it's Michael Conforto. Uh this is a guy who didn't play last year shoulder injury uh those are serious yes but uh he's a guy who's hit everywhere along the way in fact uh if not for a down year last year in 2021 he probably would have cashed in over 100 million dollars um last winter Uh, but he did have that down year his defense is eh, let's say average in a corner uh, which is a significant upgrade from Jesse Winker, even if he was a little bit below average. So, so there's that. Uh, but he's a left-handed bat. He's got 25, 30 home run power. He's going to hit 270 to 250 to 270. Uh, he's going to put up you know 350 to 370 on bases. He's going to slug 470 to 500. He's basically the best version of Mitch Haniger. And I just feel like, you know, we were sitting here, we're talking about, well, the Mariners need to add outfielders, and boy, it sure would be great if one of them was left-handed because this is a right-handed heavy lineup. And if they add Trey Turner or they add, you know, Carlos Correa or they add Xander Bogarts or whoever, those are all righties. Like, they need a lefty bat. And we've been sitting here like, well, I guess it's Brandon Nimmo or Bust, and it's not. Michael Conforto makes a ton of sense. you By the way, he's a local kid. Uh, he's from the Seattle area, went to school at Oregon State. Um He's a guy who's not going to have any draft pick compensation attached to him. Uh, he's a left-handed swing. He's definitely an upgrade defensively over Mitch Hanager, uh and Jesse Winker, uh, assuming that the shoulder is healing nicely and he can make all the throws and stuff like that. So medicals will come into play uh, for Conforto. But the guy is basically at his best. He's Jesse Winker, at Jesse Winker's best. And at his worst, he's probably still current Mitch Haniger like he's a good player uh you're probably going to get him for a year or two Um, this is probably a guy who needs to reset his market a little bit so what better way to reset your market than coming home playing in a playing in an area you're very familiar with with a team you grew up rooting for who has a need has an opportunity to give you at bats and has an opportunity to win big it just feels like last year we talked about how it was such an obvious fit and it just never happened and now we know why well by that logic, the fit should still stand, and it does. If if Michael Conforto's shoulder checks out okay, um, which we don't know if it will or won't, but if it does, the Mariners should be pretty aggressive here. I think. I think you know if it's going to cost you one and I would rather give, I would rather give Conforto one and twenty, like the qualifying offer, than I would just flat out give the qualifying offer to Mitch Haniger. Conforto is a better player than Mitch Haniger, so uh, I think we we should probably spend more time talking about him and and working on that plan because Conforto is a guy who hits one through five in this lineup. He's a lefty who's going to hit in the middle of your lineup, which is something the Mariners really don't have right now.
0: Well, that's very interesting you mentioned Michael Conforto, Colby, because I think on uh, today's episode of Control the Zone, Michael Conforto's name might be mentioned. Hey, me too. (laughs) Hey, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so, so,
1: yeah, I just, to me, I like I was sitting there, I, I had honestly forgotten about Michael Conforto until, like, I don't know, twenty four ish hours ago, like twenty three yeah. hours ago. I just kind of like, I I did that list where I was like, here's the ten best, hit, and I didn't put Conforto on it. And then I was just scrolling through trade rumors. I was like, wait a minute.
0: Yeah, and it, I, I and forgot Michael not,
1: Conforto is a free agent.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, he can sign now,
1: right? I think he technically could, yes, because the season's still going. It's still technically the the 2022 season. So um, yeah, you can sign whenever. Uh, I just, I think Seattle's a really good spot for him. And I feel like if he doesn't sign in Seattle, he's probably going to sign in like Houston or something. (laughs) So like, let's, let's get this done. Jerry and Justin, um, to me, assuming he's a clubhouse fit and I, I don't, I don't know anything about him, uh, in the clubhouse type of guy, but assuming he's a good fit there and assuming the shoulder checks out to me, it's, it's kind of a no brainer.
0: Yeah, last year the uh, the shoulder issue and his vaccination status, I was told, uh, had a few teams rule him out. Uh, I think that was the issue initially uh, once the lockout uh, ended um, and then the shoulder thing cropped up and, and that got leaked and everything. So. I,
1: I had also heard that he was asking for $100 million plus still, which yeah. coming off of the year he was coming off of. At 30 years old, it just it, it wasn't going to happen. So, yeah. some bad advice from his agency. I don't. Is he a Boris guy? He might be a Boris guy. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Yeah. Anyways. <clears throat> All right. So, who else do you uh, do you want to talk about here?
1: Yeah. So we spent a lot of time, at least you know, I think we have on CTZ talking about the need to add a, an outfielder who can maybe play a little first base you know, we, we talked about Trey Mancini, we talked about Josh Bell, and we were really like, eh, you know, none of those guys are very good in the outfield, and we want somebody who could potentially spell Ty France so that France can, you know, DH a day, or if he gets hit in the wrist, you can give him three days off without, you know, feeling tremendous drop-off in your lineup, Um, and we talked about a lot of different guys. We've talked about some pure first basemen. We've talked about some, some guys who really should just be pure first basemen, but have outfield experience, and we're like, yeah, well, that's good enough, but why are we not talking about Will Myers? The guy is literally the exact player we we've been wanting. He's a guy who plays in the outfield but also has experience at first base. He's pretty good at both defensively. He's at least average in the outfield, he's a little bit above average at first base. He's a right-handed hitter who is a very safe hitter. He's not he's not a star. Like he's not a a 130 wrc plus guy, but he's going to be in the 100 to 110 range pretty consistently. Um, he's going to hit left-handed pitching very well. And like I said, all three outfield spots, you'd like to keep him out of center field, uh, but he can handle it for a game if you need him to. Uh, He's actually, you know, the outs above average on stack assay. He's about average in in the corner outfield spots, and he's a pretty good first baseman, good base runner. There's some athleticism here to tap into. He's going to hit for a pretty high average. He's going to hit around 260, which is well above league average. He's going to strike out some. Uh, That's always going to be part of his game. The power is not as high as you would like for a corner guy, but overall, he's just—he's a solid average hitter uh, who can play the the exact role we've been looking for. He's a better bet to hit than Trey Mancini. He's going to be less expensive than Josh Bell, and And you're not going to have
0: to deal with Mark Rogers as you would with uh, Trey Mancini. Right?
1: Yes, and I think you know this is something we pointed out last year when the Mariners made the A. Eugenio Suarez trade was like just how good this guy was in August and September. And we were, maybe he's found something out. Maybe he's figured something, you know, and you look at what, uh, what Will Myers did in the first half where he was playing hurt and he actually missed the entire month of June and July. He missed two months straight and he was playing hurt before then. Uh, in, in April, he had a 51 WRC plus in May, he had a 77 WRC plus. And when he got back healthy, In August, he put up a 129 WRC plus. He hit 294, 347, 456. In September, he hit 275, 351, 507. Good for a 145 WRC plus. So we're talking about a guy who in the second half of last year, you know, had a 137 WRC plus and you know had an eight thirty OPS with the average defense in left field and the ability to play first base. If Will Myers is your fourth outfielder, that's a really, you're in a really good spot. that's a guy who you can circle through the DH. Sometimes you could uh-huh. have him play first base. He doesn't need to play more than three or four times a week, but if he has to, you're fine because he's at least an average bat. And honestly, when you factor in defense and base running, he might be better than Mitch Haniger. But if you want Mitch Haniger back, go get Will Myers. They're the perfect tandem because if Mitch gets hurt. Or should I say when Mitch gets hurt, mm-hmm. I have a guy. And if, the planets align and Mitch is able to play 145 games for just the third time in his career, hey, no problem. I have Will Myers who can either platoon with Jesse Winker in left field or he can play left field or he can play right field on days when Hanager wants to go DH or he can DH or he can play first base. Will Myers is a really interesting fit here. I think he's a really obvious fit, quite frankly, because he's exactly the type of player we've spent time talking about trying to get on this roster. Somebody who can cover multiple gaps for guys you can't really quite trust yet. Uh Like, he's not a star. That guy doesn't exist. There's not a guy who can play every single position and is also, you know, a 145 WRC plus guy. That guy doesn't exist. So go get the guy who can run, who can play some outfield defense, who's at least an average bat, who has has put up seasons of, mm, I don't want to say well above average, but like 120 WRC plus type of seasons. And he's going to be cheap. He's 31 years old. He's the Padres aren't picking up a $20 million option on him. He's going to get one year, he's going to get two years, he's going to get six to ten million dollars. That's nothing for a player like Will Myers, who can get 400 to 500 plate appearances and, and feel pretty good that you're getting at least an average hitter, average defender, and average base runner. I mean, that's it's, it's a really good uh, value.
0: 261, 315, 398 with a 30.1 uh, strikeout yeah. rate. That was a career high. Uh, this year for him, uh, 7.3% walk rate, only hit seven home runs, but only uh, he missed 85 games this year, which is part of the reason that he's going to be cheap. He's going to be very, very yes. affordable.
1: And also in 2021, by the way, again, strikeouts, he's going to strike out. Right. That's just kind of what he's going to do. But in 2021, he had a, almost 11% walk rate in his mm-hmm. career. He's at nine point eight. Mm-hmm. So that's an above-average walk rate. So he's going to walk. He's two fifty-four, three twenty-nine, four forty-two, one ten WRC plus. He's at least Mitch Haniger. Mm-hmm. He's at least what we saw from Mitch Haniger this year.
0: All right. So that's going to do it for our show today thank you so much for joining us here on the locked on mariners podcast for colby patnode i'm titan gonzalez be sure to give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore mariners you can follow me at dane gonzalez that's d-a-n-e g-n-z-l-z and colby at cpat11 that's c-p-a-t-1-1 you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode and thank you again for making us your first listen now for your next listen check out the locked on sports today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions big game recaps and the take of the day it's available on the the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you tomorrow peace